Sideboob Cinema is a retrospective movie show for adults only. Educational, satirical, transgressive. It's just entertainment and we're not out to offend, but at the end of the day, Frank Zappa said it best. You either get it or you don't. Roll the tape. Covered virgin decup flesh. This is Side Boob Cinema, your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Orpike, and joining me are my fellow horror enthusiasts, AJ and Jonathan Astro. Are you guys ready for the hickey of a lifetime? <laughs> you had me at decup. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> so we are back for the spooktacular. Is this our final spooktacular for 2022? Well, technically, Mano Mano is the spectacular next week. Well, next week we are reviewing uh, The Hunt for Red October because that's oh. already on the cards. But then there's another week. But then there's another yeah. week. And that other week will be Wolf. Yes. Yes. Exciting. Okay. Well, now the housekeeping's out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so tune in for that. So, so just tune in. Let's face it. If you're not into what we're doing by now, you're never going to be into it. <laughs> You know, like, I don't know how to, I can't, I can't soften them up anymore. Like, you know, if you, if the boobometer is, is the boobometer not enough for you? <laughs> are you not entertained? Dear listener. <laughs> Dear listener, are you not entertained? Uh, anyway, this week was a roaring return to form. Uh, Lust for a Vampire, 1971, directed, directed by Jimmy Sangster. Screenplay, Tudor Gates, and based on that same fucking book, Sheridan Le Fanu's Camilla, and again, we've watched all of them except the first one. Mm. That's embarrassing, eh? So, so we did the third. I feel like we did the third one first. <laughs> we did the third one, yeah. We're going backwards. <laughs> um, so sorry, but uh, <laughs> but they don't care though. What the fuck has this got to do with the one we, with Twins of Evil? Like, yeah. apart from yeah. the few names, mm. what's yeah, it got to do Not with a lot. it? It's just no. there's so there's, there's Karnstein Castle and sort of that that family, the Karnsteins, and that's about it, really. Yes, and mm. some of the other stuff comes across, like that they're, they're day walkers and all that sort of shit. But yes. anyway. Yeah. If the very thought of vampires makes your flesh creep, we call them the undead. They're vampires. If you think all vampires are ugly creatures of the night, then you're in for a shattering surprise. Turn now this fresh, warm blood into a body of thy making. Welcome to the most exclusive finishing school in Europe, where the quest for knowledge continues long into the night. You see, I have studied your magic. I know the black art, and I want only to know more and more. Here, the masters are quick to recognize an outstanding pupil. The portrait 
of Camilla Karnstein, died 1710, 120 years ago. And you know who the portrait was of, Mirkala? It was you. Welcome to the finishing school, where they really do finish you. I spent the whole of last night going through Giles' researches. And believe me, they are powerful evidence. Evidence? Of what? That you are a vampire. You say that. And tell me you love me. Prove to me that you're not. Love me. Get down to brass tacks. It's 1830 and the film opens as all good films should with the kidnapping of a lusty wench. Uh, <laughs> the girl is brought to the creepy castle Karnstein where a, a creepy couple, uh, Count and Countess Karnstein, make a sacrifice of the girl by slitting her throat. Her blood drips down onto the, onto the long dead body of their daughter Carmilla and the body reanimates and reconstitutes into a hot blonde whose face we don't yet see. Novelist Richard Lestrange rolls up to the village below the castle, apparently doing some research uh, on occult matters for a new project. He's warned about the alleged vampires up at Castle Karnstein, but laughs off the outlandish stories uh, told to him by the publican. He goes up to the uh, uh, to the castle and inside is confronted by hot women in flowing shrouds, flanking him from all sides. As it turns out, though, they are not vampires, but students on an excursion from a swanky finishing school nearby run by the prim Miss Simpson. Lestrange is led to the school and introduced to some of the girls by the stuffy headmaster, Giles Barton, played by Ralph Bates. And whilst watching the girls do some Greco-Roman dancing... He meets Janet Playfair, the gym mistress, and achieves only half-mast. But <laughs> shortly after, he meets a new student, the blonde Mercala, and achieves full-mast. <laughs> so now you know. Lestrange recounts his splendid outing to the boys down at the pub, but the frivolity is cut short when a serving girl is found dead with puncture holes in her neck. Lestrange is starting to believe there's something weird going on at Castle Karnstein, but, but by chance he runs into a foppish English teacher uh, who's bound for the finishing, finishing school and does what needs to be done by duping the man into going to Vienna in order to get him out of the way so he can swoop on in and steal his job at the school. Uh, Lestrange starts his new gig at the finishing school and soon after the young the blonde Mercala's roommate Susan goes missing. Uh, it's revealed to us that the stuffy headmaster, Giles Barton, has discovered that Mercala is, in fact, the resurrected Carmilla Karnstein. 
and offers himself over to her. She sinks her fangs into him and drains him, leaving him to die in the woods instead. And after Barton is found, Lestrange studies the man's books and begins to put the picture together that the hot Mercala is in fact Carmilla Karnstein. Lestrange confronts her and confesses his love and they have hot outdoor sex. I don't know why that's funny, but it was. I don't know why either, it is. Janet Playfair confronts Miss Simpson, the uh, the headmistress, about the strange goings-on at the school and the dead dead headmaster, of course, the disappearance of Susan. Miss Playfair thinks that the police need to be contacted, but Miss Simpson begs her not to, thinking that it will damage the reputation of the school and frighten the other girls. Miss Playfair gives fair warning, uh, but then contacts the police anyway. A detective arrives to investigate. He discovers Susan's body down a well, but Count and Countess Karnstein have it all sorted. The Count cuts the rope that the policeman was using to, to descend the well, and he falls to his death in the well. Uh, Susan's father turns up, he's an American, uh, hopping mad and uh, has her body, fresh, which is freshly buried, exhumed and examined by his own doctor. The talk is that she was the victim of a vampire. Anyway, the villagers have had enough and they, and along with uh, a local padre, storm Castle Karnstein with burning torches. Lestrange makes his way to the castle, hoping to save his crumpet uh, from the pissed off killer crowd. They set fire to the castle and Lestrange forces his way inside where the Count, Countess and Carmilla are waiting to be burned up, knowing that fire will not end their reign. Lestrange declares his love for Carmilla and the Count transfixes her into revealing her vampire fangs to him. A burning hot piece of timber falls from the roof and lands smack bang into Carmilla's chest and that's the end of her. The Karnsteins make themselves scarce and Lestrange is rescued by Susan's father. He and Janet Playfair toddle off as the castle burns so <laughs> well he got his second choice didn't he yeah yeah again have a backup <laughs> the other, yeah, okay. yeah. Have you a need backup. a backup right? that's a what backup. hammer is saying to us don't don't <laughs> d- have some hot crumpet you know have your day at the beach but always have a dutiful woman <laughs> ready to to just take the sloppy seconds Okay. Who is also hot? Who is hot? Yes. But she, oh, she definitely has to be hot. The message isn't go to Plan B and she's like, you know, not as <laughs> yeah. hot. It's like, no, no, no. Plan B is still hot. It's just that yeah. you get, you always got a hot thing going yeah. on yeah. in your life. Okay. <laughs> what what a difference a few years makes. You know, the last film we did, um, uh, The Devil Rides Out, nineteen sixty eight, just like. Really toned down, no flesh, no sex, no boobies, and then a couple of years later, we're 1971, and it's it's on for young and old, lesbians, tits out everywhere. <laughs> yes. what, Shagadelic what baby. <laughs> what happened in those three years, you know? Well, they called it the permissive society, and mm. I guess it was unstoppable in the end. Like, you just, like, you couldn't, you know... Hold people, it back anymore. Yeah, well, people were so, demanding, it was a new generation, people were demanding... You know, um, all this good stuff, and uh, who are we to get in their way? <laughs> <laughs> Benny Hill is back. <laughs> After last week's discussion about Zoom lenses, I'm seeing them everywhere. I right? love it. We, we, we get one on, on the first scream in this film, which happens in the first, I don't know, minute, yeah. and then, oh man, when when um, when Lestrange first goes to the castle. 
There's so many Zooms. <laughs> unforgivable. It's unforgivable. It's, it's too much. I love I think it. there needs to be a quota, like like one, well, one just, a film. The thing is, you are robbing Peter to pay Paul because I understand. And look, they're, they're, I, I, I do love them because they're in a lot of De Palma movies and, and whatnot. But at the same time, you know, th- there's something about the the methodology of having to set up for a bunch of different shots. You know, but when you just go, oh, well, we'll just zoom in and just be a wanna, just be a wanna. And you go, but, yeah, but it's if when you're on a dolly, it's expensive. You got a lot of people, oh. you got to push it and you got to do it over and over again. And, and it's like, you got, that's what Spielberg, that's why Spielberg, if you watch his movies, next time you watch a Spielberg movie, any of them, by the way, especially like Indiana Jones, when someone's got a big, boring exposition thing, when they're just talking, the camera masterful. The person will come up towards the camera, go to the background. They, they, they will push in into a two shot on someone. And it'll be all on a dolly, right? It's the opposite of what they're doing in, in this, where it's just they plonk down and they just go zoom in <laughs> and zoom in on the mouth as she screams. And you, they but, go, but yep, there's that's something, done. there's something about it that just takes you out of the film, though. I think it's it's too abrupt or, or too jarring or something. Well, they don't. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you know, you're you're maybe responding to. The, the the actual um the intensity of the zoom so that is that's a zoom puller that's some sorry that's someone actually physically doing it so they don't have a you know a motorized one that sort of you know ramps up and then pulls up pulls away so you're, you're you're going by how good the camera person is and it's just wah, wah, like we're just going in we're going out anyway they're painful and but it's comedic. Like, I love it for the comedy value. Yeah, well, yes, yes, yes. Like, I wish I was watching it on an 85-inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved it. Well, I wish we were watching it on the cinema. That would yes, be, that would be amazing. Yeah. Imagine yeah. seeing these, like, cleavage so big it's bigger than a house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's IMAX. what we need. Yeah, I'm. I got a cop and I. Pool, I titty. All right. Yeah, I titty. <laughs> Seventy mil. Now maybe Christopher Nolan should fucking you know stop doing you know space and bank heists and all that dumb shit. Just get a nice rack. You know, Seventy mil. Uh, at at the start of this film, uh, because we meet uh, Lestrange, who's like this this novelist. Yes. Um, I, I thought it was going to be like Hammer Horror meets Murder She Wrote. You know <laughs> that he was going to solve the mystery. He yes. Does he doesn't really solve the mystery? He's just kind of wrapped up like everyone else, just in mm. in the situation. But yeah, I thought it was going to be a little bit Murder She Wrote. Well, it's a, I mean it's it's a weird story, you know. Um, now that I think about it, I mean you can't because you can't say anyone learns anything really. Yeah. No. You know it's. <laughs> I suppose the the what makes this one so different to some of the other ones is that it's a romantic drama. Mm. So and that's the, that's what makes it different is that, that you know at the end you're like oh like the the the, the conflict is between Mercala being him being in love with the vampire and it seemed that his love for her or their lust or whatever was enough to for her to quell her you know vampiric desires and then mm. at the end it, it all comes into um you know, it comes to a head, so and, to speak. And, mm. and quench her lesbian desires too. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Once she gets a serve of that juicy D, there's no going back. Actually, turned. yes, isn't that, or, like, that 
has got to be one of the, one of the more offensive messages in it, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, we spoke to Joe, Joe Bartosz about that, didn't we? Yes. Like, yeah. Guys saying, "I'll turn saying, ya." Yeah, I'll turn ya. You know. <laughs> yeah. And, did, yeah. and and it was always the grossest guys as well. Yeah. So oh, they yeah. doubly they doubly wouldn't turn oh. turn anyone. Anyone who says <laughs> no. "I'll turn ya," they never they never look like Ryan Gosling. No. No. You know. No. So <laughs> the, the the other interesting thing about uh, Lestrange is he he doesn't really draw upon his skills or knowledge in uh, in, in what he's learnt about vampires or the occult mm. or anything that he's writing about. He doesn't use yeah. any he could of be, that. He could be a romance novelist, like Mills and Boone. It wouldn't That's matter. That's right. He, no, but he could be anything. Like, yeah. he doesn't need to be An a anthropologist. novelist at all. He, he could be a botanist. <laughs> yeah. And you'd go, oh, yeah. He like, was under a spell. Yeah. I guess so. But then again, he was under Playfair's spell as well. Like, yeah, like Because in the same... So he goes, rolls up to the school. By the way, finishing schools. Finish me off, you know, is all, is all I'm saying. But... <laughs> so he rolls up and he sees Playfair doing a Grecan Ro- like Roman dancing, um, which is hot. And, yeah. and then... Like that, that that's a dolly move. Like, like he, so he's got he's lodged his interest, and then he's then almost two seconds later, it's he's this he's gaga over Mercala. Mm. Like, it's just a total, um, I don't know, like a real sleaze fest. Yeah, come along, girls, into your places. Come along now, come along. Into your places, girls. We've only been here three weeks. It's the new Vogue, you know, a finishing school on the continent. It's quite a big project for us. I teach history and art. Uh, Miss Simpson is the principal. I'm her partner. That's Janet Playfair, gym mistress. She was with Miss Simpson at Heathley Hall. This is a new idea in physical exercise, based on Greco-Roman dancing. Is it? So, are, are finishing schools the hottest places on the planet? <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like Felicity. This was like yeah. the beginning of Felicity. Actually, yeah. they had lesbianic uh, adventures too, at the very they beginning. Mm. Well, I feel like they're, they're, they're schools for teaching women how to please men, you know essentially what they were well because so this this comes from wiki so a finishing school focuses on teaching young women social graces and upper class cultural rights as a preparation for entry into society the name reflects that it follows on from ordinary school and is intended to complete the education with classes primarily on deportment and etiquette with academic subjects as a secondary it may consist of an intensive course or a one-year program in the united states it's sometimes called a charm school Um, bring that bring the charm school back so Graham Donald claims that the educational lady saloons of the 19th century led to the formal finishing institutions evidenced in Switzerland around that time. At their peak, thousands of wealthy young women were sent to dozens of finishing schools uh, that were available. Uh, a primary goal was to teach students to acquire husbands. Rich husbands. Rich husbands. Rich husbands. <laughs> I feel like the finishing schools go uh, are kind of the Kevin Samuels school. <laughs> Yes. Because, because... But role reversal. <laughs> well, no, because now the the whole thing is 
you know, learn to code, get into STEM. I know you can't, I know all, but the, but the, those that aren't neurodiverse are, are, are bored by it, but just spend, but just code anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, just get, get like, in fact, do four degrees, ladies do four degrees, be 38, finish your, finish your PhD and then um, wonder why you have indefinable sadness, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whereas Kevin Samuels, this whole thing was like, I may rest peace, was, uh, you know, um, bring back a little bit of that, a little bit of the charm because, you know, although, because it's not the year 3000 and we're not just blobs, like at the end of fucking uh, AI, um, you, you do need to attract the others. I know that's a dirty word, attract, mm. you know, not mm. repel. And, <laughs> and guys don't care about your four degrees. Yeah. It's nice and it, it conversation's lively and it should be. Um, and we want you to achieve, achieve your dreams, but you know. So I'm bring back the finishing school, bring back the charm school, and and add a stripping element is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's my addition. Okay. The the 1990s actually saw a revival of the finishing school, uh, but I, I'm not sure where they're at now. Whether there are many finishing oh, schools God. anymore. Yeah, well, there was reality Imagine TV about it. Really? Let it to lady. But was oh, it and yes. just, just bogans? Oh, <laughs> I might wow. have fit the brief. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow, that's great. Well, I can because I feel like in 2022, well, maybe you could almost do it now, but I feel like you know, well, because they tried doing that woke one, that woke that that one about becoming an activist or whatever. Ah, uh, yes, oh. yeah, that, that got cancelled. No one though. that no one wanted watch. to watch because people want to watch Love Island. They don't want to watch. Mm. Woke Island. Woke they want to. They want to watch <laughs> no. horny British people. <laughs> yes. On an island, being horny. I, I I feel like there are countries out there that that finishing schools would be a big thing, like like places like Korea, or Japan, even. Mm. I reckon. I think my auntie went to one. Schools. Really? And my boss went to one. Wow. Yeah, old school. Like, a long time ago. In the seventies. Wow, that's still even later than mm. I thought. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's great. That's great stuff. Can I tell you how I watched this movie? <laughs> yes, I didn't even ask. I normally ask, and sometimes I feel like you guys aren't interested. <laughs> and here you no. are, busting in with <laughs> the good stuff. All right, go I on. didn't even want to put it in our group chat because uh, it's so good. Okay, so let me paint the picture. It's hot. It's humid. I'm over the weekend. I've just had a large iced coffee. I didn't go to the toilet before I getting on the plane. I get on the plane and decide to watch this masterpiece <laughs> with the titties and lesbians <laughs> and everything. I'm sitting next to two kind of strange-looking people trying to shield oh, yes. <laughs> from the movie. Yes. The, the movie is zero brightness. <laughs> Still trying to feel. I'm taking notes on my phone, so I look like an absolute fucking weirdo. And then after the movie, I'm checking the time a lot because I'm like, come on. How long's it got to go? Awkward. Seriously, <laughs> I'm feeling awkward. And then I take my headphones out, and then I hear them talking. The guy is talking scripture. <laughs> and I'm sitting next to Christian. So. Oh, great. <laughs> Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> they, Sorry, guys. You were the devil. <laughs> I was. 
of a really old movie. It's not like it was even current. <laughs> well, I think that I feel like they would appreciate it because you know it's it's not as bad as um, everything today. But, that's true. But also, you know, again, Hammer presupposes the good. Remember, yeah. It, if you're what <laughs> in Hammer, the good wins. There is good. There is God. Whereas, mm. and that's the argument you could make. Whereas, if you said to someone on the left today something about God, they'd get angry and punch you in the face and say, "There, that <laughs> this is your God." Mm. So, well, they'd probably show you their lady dick and say, "This is your God." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's an amazing way to watch the movie. I was just hoping that they weren't. I was getting scared that. Because it was kind of like that they were, like he was trying to teach her. Not like, you. Trying to recite things from the Bible or whatever. Right. And I was just thinking, fucking hell, I really hope that they don't start praying when we're trying to land. Oh, no. Because that would have freaked me out a bit. Because, yeah. like, you know, they, they would know that it's going down or something. You should, yeah. have, you should have come clean at the start. You should have just said, hey, guys, I've got to watch this movie. Just letting you know, it's got vampires in it and stuff. Like, you know. Well, I, I didn't know how bad it was going to be. So True. No, but like... at least you watch something interesting. Like, what are people watching on the fucking plane, though? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. every time I look up from whatever on planes, all I see is The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And Melissa McCarthy. And I just go, what the fuck are you people watching? Stop it. Stop yeah. that. You know? Yeah. yeah. So the guy behind me probably sneaking through the seats. They're watching a remake of Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. They're not even watching that, which makes the first Jumanji look like a masterpiece. <laughs> makes it look like a, like Dead Poets Society, you know? Yeah. Fuck. Well, anyway, that's amazing. Great stuff. Do you, do you think it was a little harsh that Mia Kala didn't turn the teacher into a vampire? Yes. You know, he was... maybe he just went a little too hard and came across too much like a pathetic cuck. And so she was like, "Fuck this yeah. guy." Yeah, it was, t- <laughs> it was tough. Like, because <laughs> the thing is, um, we didn't even see him. It was a really unceremonious death. Like he, yeah. he sort of died off screen. Uh, heart attack. Yes, heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we didn't even really see it. And so I was like, "Is he? Is he going to become a vampire?" And I was like, "Oh yeah. no, he's dead." Mm. So, yep. So I guess that's yeah. that. I have reversed the cross. You see, I have studied your magic. I know the black art. And I want only to know more and more. I meant no harm to you, I swear. I want only to worship you. To be your servant. To be a servant of the devil. He will accept me, I'm sure. I approve my worth. I could have told them what I knew about you, but I stayed silent. I found the body of the girl you killed. I said nothing. I got rid of it myself down the well. I will do whatever you demand of me. Uh, yeah, that guy, the heart attack guy, the, um, the doctor, Christopher <laughs> Lee lookalike. Mm, totally. Yeah. Look alike. A sound alike. <laughs> but not him. But, but, yeah. they, but dubbed as well. <laughs> Fully, yeah, fully yeah. dubbed. <laughs> uh, apparently, wasn't happy with that. So, oh, really? Yeah, the the guy he's a radio DJ, I think. So, but <laughs> he was just chewing it up the whole time. Yeah. And 
totally likes to watch every every <laughs> time something was happening smash cut to him watching in the bushes <laughs> yeah. zoom yeah, on yeah. him as he's like mm, mm, with this grin smiling. on his face he i think he was my fav- favorite character oh me too hands down <laughs> and count. he had like five five lines it was amazing he did loom large he did loom large yeah. in a story where apart from uh you know kicking off the action at the beginning he did nothing else yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he reanimated um, Mercala or whatever, Cam- Camilla, mm. and then just all he did was just, just I like to watch. He was just like, yeah. I'm in the bushes. Oh, yeah. that was a good, that was good, that was good. That's a good one. Mm. You know? Oh, Lord of Darkness, Prince of Hell, hear this, thy servant's plea. Send from thy black realm. The power that we may do thy will on earth. Recreate this dust of centuries that in thy service the dead may join with the undead. So I, I, I have a I have a little list of questions here. Go on. How is having sex with Richard Lestrange proof that Mia Carla is not a vampire because he's like make love to me prove to me that you're not a vampire uh, well no because presumably look me I'm just being charitable presumably if she's a vampire she would it would she would it would be uncontrollable her mm. urge to to, to bite him, him to kill him whatever mm. um so it's, so it's quite complex in a way you know mm. but what do you think well I, I just thought it was funny. I just thought it was him. That was that was his line to get her into the bed. You know? Oh, mm. yeah, like you know, I promise I will never die. Like in Team America, <laughs> <laughs> remember that line? It's a good line. Promise me you'll never die. I promise I will never die. And then they have sex. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I can't understand how Janet Playfair, who's the what she's the dance instructor at the finishing mm. school, gym instructor, ha- yeah. gym instructor, yeah. How she can be into Lestrange, really, and pair up with him at the end when he epically gaslights her in this film. Like, yeah. basically, because she's really concerned about this missing girl, wants to go to the authorities, wants to tell people, and he's just like, you're being silly. It's, you know, you're, you're wrong. She's just, mm. she's, just some, she's just out there somewhere. Just forget about it. But isn't anyway, that the most documentary element <laughs> of the film? Like... <laughs> Isn't that what happens in real life, AJ? Yeah. Yes. Don't the don't the, the guys who clean up the most in, in, in the, the the pussy department? Don't they just aren't they the best at doing what Lestrange did? Hundred yeah. mm. percent. They're negging. The ne- just, here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just full negging it. all the time. Oh, yeah. Is that what you're gonna wear? Is that what yeah. you're gonna, are you gonna wear hair like that? Mm, okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. That's good. I like it. I guess. Okay, bye. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know who else to go to. I... Well, what's the trouble? I don't really know. But I'm sure something's terribly wrong. Yes, well, it's always upsetting when somebody dies. I expect you knew Giles quite well. No, that was horrible, but I don't know if I can explain, really. It's about Susan. Susan? Oh, what's the matter with her, apart from a fever? That wasn't true. Just a story, so no one would ask questions about where she was. She's, um, disappeared. Disappeared? 
She hasn't been seen since the night before last. I wanted to go to the police, but Miss Simpson begged me not to. I don't want to harm the school, but... Oh, I don't know whether it's my nerves. Giles' death somehow seems more than a coincidence. And I have this horrifying premonition. Someone else is going to die. Oh, come on now. You're just letting your imagination run away with you. I suppose so. If only I could rid myself of this idea that Susan's disappearance and Giles are connected in some way. Well, Giles had a heart attack. There's nothing sinister about that. Susan, that's different. Doesn't anyone know where she might have gone? Who shared a room with her? Mia Carla. Mia Carla? Oh, she says she knows nothing. Well, there could be some simple explanation. You don't want to make a fool of yourself, do you? I don't care about that. I'm too worried about Susan. I told Miss Simpson I'd wait until tomorrow. But then I'm going to the police myself. Will you come with me? Well, I don't know. I need more time to think. Please. But we don't want to be over hasty, do we? So Ed Lestrange gets rid of the first English teacher so easily. Just like... Go to Vienna and what research for me? Yeah, for his novel. Yeah, but the guy did make he he he, he set up what what he liked, which was mm. his pathetic wannabe novelist. So he yeah. was done. But that that's not a, a bigger crime as uh, uh, Giles Barton and Lestrange hitting Macala up for midnight rendezvous. Yeah, yeah, on separate occasions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A student. And presumably she's like 16 or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're going by you're going by uh, 20th century standards. You know? <laughs> she would have been 13 or something. Yeah, in, probably. In yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they don't check the well when the when the first girl goes missing. Like they say, they've checked, they've looked, but there's a fucking well on the campus grounds, and you don't don't like she check could that be shit anywhere. Out. She's down in the well. Yes, she's down in the um, and yeah, just looks like she's mm. sleeping mainly. But that that scene's actually really cool when she gets thrown into the into the well. It's like it's quite spectacular that effect. I don't, I don't mm. quite know how to of describe the falling, it. Like, the falling through the air. Or yeah, mm. and the it's like angle. not it's it's not it's not realistic. But at the same time, you don't look at it and go, "Oh, that looks fucking shit and fake." But no, it's it was it's dreamlike and and you know and somewhat beautiful because she's for like. Falling through the air, flowing robes a little bit, mm. you know. So it's it's yeah it, yeah, it crosses over into something else. Now, do women really get their cans out in front of each other? AJ, please say yes. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. Stop. Don't talk anymore. Yeah. Don't talk anymore. <laughs> we will take your first answer. Uh, and my last question is, what is this fucking song? That they inject into this movie, man. Strange love. (laughs) But the guy's name is Lestrange as well. Lestrange (laughs) love. Oh, is this just one of those like, like late sixties, early seventies attempts to inject a hit song into a film? The director didn't even know that they'd done it until the screening. He says this on the commentary. He goes, he said it was dreadfully good. He goes, I sat there and. This song starts up. He goes, I had no idea they were going to do it. And he goes, I think, I guess they, that somewhat they offered it to, to the production for free or something. Or, And he was horrified. Strange love, tender and burning love. This was a, a um, popular move. 
I think one of the more famous scenes, because and it totally sticks out now, like like a cliche, but for a couple of years it was a thing in Clint Eastwood's directorial debut, uh, Play Misty for Me. There's a famous scene in that where he has sex, outdoor sex with with um actually Mrs. Bluth from uh, uh, Arrested Development oh. when she was young and hot, and um that's She's a great movie. That, well, she she's hot, but that's a great movie actually. That's sort of like the proto uh, Fatal Attraction. It's the first Fatal Attraction movie, really, like the like the first proper one. Ooh. It's a really really great movie and beautifully directed. And the scene when he has sex with her out in the woods. Oh no, not with her. It's it's with the uh, so he he's got a plan B as well. So his plan B chick in in the movie. He's having sex with her, and the song is first time ever I saw your face. I think. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah I think yeah. it might even be a fucking Oscar winner song or whatever. But yeah, it was it's huge. famous. Yeah. It is famous song. But so if you want to know why this sucks and why <laughs> they're doing it, um, that, look, this they might be done at the same time, but that was in the air. Do you know right, what I mean? Yeah. So so yeah. it was a thing. And But when you see it now, particularly if you watch Play Misty, I mean, this one's bad, but even the good one, Play Misty for Me, it's like fades and them kissing over like, you know, with the, with the sun behind them and like laying down in the in the leaves, and you just <laughs> too go too much. And you just go, "What the fuck is this?" You know, like was this ever good? But it was funny to hear these guys, the director, um, rag this out because because you know we we have got the burden of knowledge now. So it was nice to hear someone who sat in 1971 watching it at the fucking Odeon or whatever mm. in the UK saying, "No, this is bullshit." Even this back is then, shit. So. You're- Wrecked my movie. You wrecked my movie. All those titties <laughs> I filmed, and wrecked it. Yep. It's got little two, red riding hood at the start. Two renditions of this song, by the way. Like mm. two, oh yes, yeah. Two. The second one is like a psychedelic wet dream that he has. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite cool, actually. It is cool. So like vertigo. Yeah. All different colors. Yeah. It would have been better just with score, though. Not not the song. Mm. Strange love. <laughs> <laughs> Uh well, a couple of things I got I got issues with. So I already mentioned the Christopher Lee lookalike. The titles at the beginning for a f- random free- freeze frame on the horse oh, and carriage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then zoom, these title cards mm. zooming. I was like, oh dreadful. Stop that. All of that <laughs> bad, very bad. Yeah. So, so hot dev- pink text again. Well, yeah. hot pink is nice, but, but the zooming and then, but then the t- main t- title card is red because they obviously yeah. had different titles in d- in different markets. I think you know the U- US had probably had a different title, so they just would sub in different title mm. frames. Yeah, but either way, it was terrible. But the thing that annoyed me the most, uh, I'm sorry, anagrams of names are mm. supremely silly, and it's the worst kind of puzzle. It's boring. And completely <laughs> unrevelatory. Like, I never want in a movie someone to be like, oh, Camilla Mercala. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I'm always like, fuck yes. off. This sucks. Yeah. You know, it's like the, op- I mean, it makes Dan Brown look like, you know, <laughs> I don't know, the best. <laughs> yeah, that was shitty. So I did a bit of research into vampires and I came oh. across a, an ABC article from our own Dr. Carl from 2016, <laughs> okay? So he wrote about a group of uh, physics students from the University of uh, Leicestershire 
in the UK, and they worked out how long it would take an actual vampire to make a real person unconscious from a bite on the neck, okay? Okay. So they assumed you would fall unconscious once you lost about 15% of your blood. So uh, they also assumed that the vampire's fangs made two tiny puncture holes each 0.5 millimeters across and that the victim's blood would come out under a pressure of around 100 mmHg. I don't quite know what that is. But using those numbers, they came up with a time of 6.4 minutes to drain 0.75 liters of blood from a victim. boring, aren't they? (laughs) Take the fun out of it. They don't get it. Is that, but 6.5... 6.4 minutes. Is that is that long long enough for most men to climax? Probably. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> I actually thought that was quite quick. Like, because yes. obviously in the movie, you know, it, in, in vampire movies, it happens, mm. you know, 30 seconds, 10 seconds maybe. But I feel like 10 seconds in movie time is about six minutes in real time. Yeah. Don't you think? Mm. Like, yeah. So I thought that was actually quite, uh, quite quick. Yeah. Well, mm. I, I feel like. Um, that's a great. I think that vindicates the film, like, like mm. because I'm like, okay, yeah, well, you know, the film's ninety minutes, so you know, de- converting how much time we can spend on someone uh, with their face just on someone's neck, yeah, uh, yeah, thirty seconds is fucking. That's six minutes. Great. Yeah. Moving on. Like yeah. if it, yeah. if you said it took, oh, it takes forty eight minutes. I'd be like, okay, mm. well, that's that's starting to get. You yeah. Know, now we've got to make mm. a whole movie about that, like Reservoir Dogs, where someone gets shot, and it's the whole movie's about them dying. Yeah. You know, slowly. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like you know, six point four minutes. Like, as a vampire, you could you could spend that time and not get caught. You know, because because the issue would be like if you're there for hours sucking on this, mm, yeah. uh, sucking on this dude's neck. Like someone's gonna walk past and go, "Hey, buddy, are, are you okay there? Like, do you need some help? Like, <laughs> but I know that this isn't." necessarily part of it but again this is why literal people just need to just we need to shut the literal people down okay because as fun as that is (laughs) with vampires like and even the literal takes on vampires like it's not about them sucking the neck it's not about how long it takes because part of them part of the thing is that they're sort of zombies they're sort of once they bite you you're fucked like it's over like there's something else Mm. going on like it's it's not the simple as that mm. like you know um well it's taking the sex out of it again <laughs> like i've the... already talked about this <laughs> if once you take the sex uh you know metaphor out mm. of it the sex and death the beautiful yeah. death you yeah know, once you take all of that out of it it's it's has no meaning mm. that's maybe that's why werewolves can fuck off like oh yeah there's something about werewolves that you just go yeah whatever like mm. This isn't, you know, because you can't have dinner with a werewolf. What about Teen like, Wolf? Hey. Well, it's fun. Love Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf's fun, but again, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's different to this sort of jam. Yeah. yeah. And he gets to play basketball. They embrace him. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Some of the worst <laughs> basketball moves ever filmed, by the way. <laughs> I thought they were good. <laughs> but just before we leave this article, like, uh, Dr. Carl goes on to do this whole maths thing where it's like, you know, you start off with one vampire, he, he bites another one, and then three months later, you've got, you know, 30,000 vampires, and 10 months later, there's half a million, and then by the time three years is over, like, then the whole world is basically vampires because they've just, like, sucked everyone's blood, and right. there's no humans left to suck any blood. But these kind of guys, they never take into account vaginas, you know what I mean? Like... <laughs> 
There's a source of blood there, that untapped resource for vampires to get into there. Right. You know? Okay. Well, because the whole... <laughs> Because the whole article is basically saying that that they're going to run out of their supply. No, but isn't know. the point that they need like fl- fresh, like flowing blood from an artery? They don't just they don't just want a maxi pad, you know, well, Mr. Gross. I... <laughs> and it is nice that you're trying to solve their problem. You're like, hey guys, I got an idea. Whereas true true blood went um, synthetic blood. Yes, they yeah. did. Oh, geez. <laughs> i got to say, and then I watched a, a few episodes of that show. Um, I was exhausted. I was just like... Oh, oh the sh- few first few seasons were good because it was sexy. Well, I guess so. Something was missing, though. Um, I thought that it was trying too hard, like, uh, to, mm. to, to, you know, to get me... Because like, the people who love it, love it, I think. Yeah. But I don't know. It wasn't quite right. No. <laughs> so that's just an aside. You do with that what you will. I didn't. I didn't like True Blood. Creepers, creepers, where'd you get those creepers? Creepers, creepers, where'd you get those eyes? Cause y'all get up, how'd they get so late? So anyway, uh, it's that time again. Keeper or creeper? So we've got to get this done. All right, now two, two strapping lads for you. The first, I think, good contrast tonight. Um, you know, no goat of Mendy's tonight, so it's it's a much more. <laughs> I just got to prepare you. It's a much more subtle, you know, choice. So just, you know, I know you're holding your breath, you're like, oh, is he gonna? Is it gonna be another goat? No, it's no goat because you've already planted your stake and said I'm not into bestiality. And now I, I happen to think that that's going to keep you out of the market, but you know, whatever. So anyway, Michael Johnson as Richard Lestrange. So Lestrange has got this the, the lanky look. It sort of seems tall, from what I gather. Novelist, apparently popular, but he's obviously got no steady gig, so... Yeah. You know, that's... That's true. That's, that's what you could put with. He's got a sense of daring do in his personal life. Uh, you know, he, he will swindle someone to get ahead at work. He's also willing to tap that ass, even if vampirism is on the cards. This, he was committed to the cause. He was committed. This is what the kids are missing today. That sense of she might have something, fuck it. You know? <laughs> like, just get in there. That's that's what you used to Surely do back in the day. kids are still doing that. Well, I don't think, yeah, I'm told they're not doing much. Um, like <laughs> if you right. call them on the phone, they, they have a heart attack. So, yeah. So, anyway, Richard Lestrange, he's there for you fully. Uh, but. He might move on quick. Maybe that's good. I don't know. Maybe you don't. If you want him to be happy, maybe you want him to move on quick. I don't know. Um, All I'm saying is (laughs) he won't. Back on me. (laughs) All I'm saying, AJ, is that he won't be dressing in black for years after you go. That's true. So, you know, you need to choose whether that's something you're into. So, anyway, second up, Ralph Bates as Giles Barton. Now, just short for him, gainfully employed. It's so very different to. Lestrange, okay. This guy's got he's got it sorted. Educator, headmaster at the finishing school. Uh posh energy. So different, very mm. different. Lestrange has got more of a bohemian vibe, I suppose. Um, whereas Barton's got this sort of bit more posh. Not very tall. No. Um, man bob hairstyle. Yeah, so, not great. So, part, hey, what, what do you think yeah. of a part down the middle? Center mm. part, man bob hairstyle. But no. look, don't, no, don't, don't, you know, don't, just, just wait. And, 
Cool jets. He likes to do naughty doodles in his spare time. He does. So just to wind down, you know, he's got all these authoritative <laughs> books around, but they've just got um, beautiful, uh, busty women. Uh, just tits everywhere. Tits, and he's like, oh, like, you know, I thought there was going to be stuff in there about vampires and all that, but it's like, no, just mainly just busty women, like mm. my kind of guy. So, um, uh, as I say, he's got that uh, 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 sort of a authoritative vibe at work, but you might be thinking he's a full dom, but secretly he's a sub and he wants mm. to be your slave, which I think that That's true. is his market differential. So very different guys. Mm. We've got Lestrange and Barton. Keeper or Creeper, what do we got? Lestrange is a femme, <laughs> but the sex was pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> I think he went down on her too. He mm, did. He does, yeah. Yes. For a long time. For a long it felt time. like... He's not afraid to roll up his sleeves and get <laughs> get down, get, you know, get down to work. Get in there, get in that vampire pussy. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, you've branded him a creeper. Yeah. So that's okay. And Giles kept getting called a creeper. Yes. Didn't, they said, didn't all the girls keep like, calling him a creeper? They were like, "Why is he always watching while we're dancing?" <laughs> well, firstly, I want to go up to those chicks and say. That is the stupidest fucking question I've ever heard. But yes, he is a creeper. But I feel like he actually gets called a creep several times. He does, by yeah. The girl. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. He's got a bad reputation. So, he does. These, this movie that. series, including uh, Twins of Evil, did ha- does have this sort of, you know, those men in the park always staring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this movie, they get it. You know, they get yeah. it. They've seen me in the park. <laughs> Staring at those twins. (laughs) 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 All right, creeper sweep. Creeper sweep. Are you ready for some trivia? Go on. So Peter Cushing was originally intended to play Giles Barton, uh, but uh, asked to bow out shortly before filming so that he could continue looking after his ailing wife. Aww. So that's a bit sad. Apparently yeah, the reason why he's on. so gaunt is is because it, his wife's sort of sickness and death really affected him. Oh, Aww. wow. Yeah. But uh, director Jimmy Sangster disowned this film when he saw the finished product, including its... Uh, Harry Fine inspired song Strange Love as we've already mentioned so when Mia Kala is resurrected two close ups of the bloodshot eyes of Count Karnstein are shown but they are not of actor Mike Raven they are the eyes of Christopher Lee and these shots are cut in from a totally different movie wow. uh, Dracula it must be Prince of Darkness that, that's the know, second one, one where he's got all the I think where he's got the bloodshot eyes. Yeah. I, as soon as you see it's an iconic shot. Like if you watch Hammer movies, you go, oh, those are the eyes from mm. that second Dracula movie. <laughs> why Why did they do that? They could have done anything else. I love it. Um. Yeah. They just, well, I mean, it all adds up. They've got a guy who looks like him. They've got a guy who sounds like him <laughs> to do the voice. <laughs> you got the eyes. Like they wanted yeah. him. And he obviously yeah. said no. And they're like, fuck you. We'll use you. We'll Imagine we'll if he was in it. Like, you. And he would, because he, he virtually does nothing but like creeps around and watches people. Mm. But, but they've know. treated him with disdain before. Like he's done 
other Dracula ones where he's done fuck all and had to deal with it and just had to <laughs> talk about it in documentaries and be like, oh, yes, that was not a very good one. You know? <laughs> so he's used to it. All right, I'm ready for some me too. Uh, if I was you, I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. I'd want to be me too. Okay. All right. Well, it's me too, Mita. Heavens to Bechtel. Let's start here. Bechtel test. Informal way to evaluate bias against women in films and other media. Uh, so, a work is said to pass the Bechdel test if one has it has two named women who two talk to each other about three something other than a man. So we have Mercala and Susan. They converse together a bunch. Um, they also share massages, kisses, and go skinny dipping. <laughs> Does that count? Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Simpson and Janet Playfair discuss what to do after Susan's disappearance uh, about bringing mm. the police. So, yeah. okay. I mean, you know. I think it passes. I think it, yeah, sure, it passes. Good. Uh, to be honest, I don't think none of a film ever passes. And I think, I feel like that's what they, that's what this, this dreadful woman, Bechtel, um, wants is you to never have anything good. Because the lesbian scene would be for men. Well, it's the male you're games. sitting there saying, fromage. I'm going, mwah, mwah, mwah. Whereas chef's that, kiss. Chef's, chef's kiss. kiss. Whereas they, whereas it, the rule there is probably a fourth rule where it's like, oh, and the women have got to be discussed those. <laughs> yeah. If they're discussed those, then it's all <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. So uh, that's that. Now, here we go. Let's get into it. So Lestrange conducts top-tier pigman espionage when he meets the incoming literature teacher by chance at the pub. He tricks the man, sending him to Vienna on some fool's errand so he can steal his job, which we've covered. He's a successful author, so he's not doing it for the cash, AJ, all right? No. He has weaseled his way into the finishing school to get himself some trim, okay? Mm. Sexual predation is commonplace in the patriarchy, so I can't say I'm surprised. Lestrange is merely confirming what we all know to be the case. Men want dat coups. Okay, next up. However, (laughs) don't think that this gives you the right to discriminate against Lestrange for he is a part of a persecuted minority that for too long has been dunked on by so-called polite society. He is a proud, minor attracted person and we should support him in that exciting journey. As we know, there are other ways of knowing and he simply wants to know children. Get over it. Where's his flag, I say? Map lives matter. Okay. Uh, there's a little mention at the beginning of that, which is a real boys club uh, thing. This is just an aside. The publican sits Lestrange down and says, oh, this isn't a normal times when you can just grab a wench and have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Let me play that audio. But, but, but that, which I thought was striking. Like I was like, mm. that's him saying, you know, um, it's it's not like normal times, like, and it's just a nod and a wink, and she's all <laughs> up for it too. Mm. Where's this village again? Anyway, uh... <laughs> that looks good. So do you, Trudy. Good enough to eat. <laughs> I must go. No, there's no hurry. A word with you, if you please, Mister Lestrange. Well, yes, yeah, certainly. Sit down. Have a glass of wine. No, thank you, sir. I do not wish to appear inhospitable, sir. There is no harm in normal times to have a joke with a serving girl, a laugh or two. 
These are not normal times. You'll not find any young girl in this village talking to a stranger. This is your first night under this roof. It'll probably be the last. Do you know what year this is, sir? 1830, as I recall. Yes, it is 40 years to the day since they were last seen. And before that, 40 years again. Oh, really? Who? The Kahnsteins. I don't think I know them. That's their castle up on the hill. Oh, yes, of course. I thought they were all dead. We call them the undead, sir. Also, uh, another small thing, we see a disgraceful moment between Playfair and Miss Simpson in which the women argue over the uh, disappearance of Susan. Maybe play that clip as well. Uh, they suggest that there's a suggestion that Susan is that kind of girl, okay, mm. or not that kind of girl, which is an of- offensive, whatever that means. If a busty young maid wants to walk through a forest at night, she should be free to. How come we never hold the vampire to account? Women should be able to walk alone in the pitch black through unpopulated areas. The onus is on vampires to be better. Okay? (laughs) Be better. Until big-bosomed wenches can wander in the moonlight alone, the fight against systemic oppression of vampires, uh, by vampires, sorry, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure will continue. Miss Simpson, a girl has disappeared. You can't really believe it's a joke. Of course I don't. But there's no need to alarm the whole school. What are you going to do? Well, we must wait a while. She may come back. I've had more experience than you of this kind of thing. Some of these girls have wild natures. They pick up with some man. Man? What man? We're miles from the village. The local people have never even been near here. Susan's only just joined the school. We don't know that she hasn't been followed. That's ridiculous. Susan is not that kind of girl at all. And in any case, if she had been abducted, as you seem to be suggesting, we should still inform the police. The police? Certainly not. We must. I will not be told what to do in my own school. So, uh, moving on. <laughs> the, the only ray of sunshine in this dreadful film comes from in the form of Giles Barton, the schoolmaster, when he confronts Mercala in the graveyard. He shows himself to be a complete cuck, a pathetic sub who would lick her boot heel if she, so she so desired. This is the ideal of manhood we need to be pushing in schools. Women don't want dependable husbands, competent, capable, and strong men. They want disgusting slaves, soy boys who will ask for two days in who ask two days in advance uh, before they can touch them titties. Uh, <laughs> the future is not just female, Ricky. It is a thoroughly pegged male. Yeah, okay. Prince Harry, Princess Harry, and I. I finally. <laughs> Finally, I will never understand the disgusting and perverted obsession with lesbians and their nocturnal activities. Firstly, lesbians don't matter because they are sexual racists and refuse to let us break the cotton ceiling. Uh, but if we will talk about them for a moment, who thinks the idea uh, uh, the, the idea of, of two beautiful women sweatily grinding and rubbing <laughs> private areas together in the moonlight is something people want to see, is it? Well, I, for one, have no interest in seeing... Gorgeous women, kissing, uh, touching, exploring their boundaries endlessly until they fall in a pulsing, <laughs> engorged heap. <laughs> Who's pulsing and engorged? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. So anyway. <laughs> 
terrible stuff. I don't uh, see why people are even talking about it so much. Um, that's all I had, really. I think that's enough for me. Did anything else pop out at you, so to speak? Well, I did. Uh, I did notice a complete lack of people of color in this particular. Right. Not film. even the black Satan. <laughs> yeah, devil. yeah. No, no black Satan. No, uh, like deaf mute, like black minion guy. Mm. So, so what's yeah. worse, having black people in the movie <laughs> and getting them to play offensive roles, or not having them all at all? Yeah. I'd say probably having them in have them in offensive. That's roles. worse. It's probably worse. I, I think that's worse. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Well, I won't do it then. I won't. I'll cancel the movie I was going to make then. <laughs> well, you're going to make the idiots too. <laughs> well, how how are we rating this one? I I I feel it's pretty high. You know, all of the uh, all of Lestrange's kind of. Attempts to, yeah. you know, and, yeah, um, and and just leering at all these young young school schoolgirls. Mm. Yes, and yeah, all the lesbian stuff, and um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which we've covered, we've covered, all that. Mm. and um, like that's there's no need to me to bang on about it anymore. <laughs> unacceptable. Unacceptable stuff. So, uh, so I, I'm thinking ten out of ten. I think this one, this one yeah, gets to that. Uh, gets to that. Ceiling. I think it's ten out of ten. Yeah. Yep. My embarrassment on the plane was pretty high. So yeah, ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zero brightness. Yeah. I am not as nasty as racism, fraud, conflict of interest, homophobia, sexual assault, transphobia. White supremacy, misogyny, ignorance, white privilege. So, uh, the Boobometer, uh, quantity, uh, several full sets on display. (laughs) (laughs) Crucially, AJ, crucially, we also see the sumptuous rack of the hero. uh, Between you and me, hero titties are essential. Nothing worse than tuning in and being fobbed off with supporting character titties, don't you think? <laughs> and uh, a a doff of the cap to the titty pop. Uh, when Mercala has her, mm. her top pulled down, they pop out. <laughs> this is the holy grail. The holy grail of the boobometer. <laughs> I can't tell you. Like when this happens, it is. It's you just go. Oh my goodness! Like Genie Triplehorn in Basic Instinct when he when mm. he pulls them out and they yes. go bum 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 and yeah, you go whoa yeah, yeah. whoa 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 whoa. hit you in the face. So quality, um, absolutely outstanding is the quality AJ, and this gets the. <laughs> uh, gets a slide whistle. You bet. So that's the <laughs> boob bomb. Ricky, <laughs> do you have one of those? You should do that in I, real I life. Ha- I, I do have a slide whistle. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mail it to John, so he could do it live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should do it live. Yes, yes, yes. that'll make all the difference. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so I have uh, two reviews for you. The first uh, is a short excerpt from. The Hammer Story, The Authorised History of Hammer Films. They penned, uh, sorry, they panned this particular film, calling it a cynical and depressing 
exercise, noting that one can only imagine what Fisher, Cushing and Bray's craftsmen uh, might have made of Gates' reasonably literate draft. Obviously, they're not into large-breasted women. Um, well, the, these, the hammer um, aficionados, generally speaking, don't like. They, they're usually... Well, I feel like hammer people split into... You're either someone who likes the dev, loves The Devil Rides Out or you love mm. Twins of Evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's the two, the two poles. Well, speaking of someone who would appreciate Twins of Evil, this next review comes from IMDb. Um, uh, someone calling themselves Coventry on the 6th of October 2006 wrote this review calling it Horny for Hammer with just a few <laughs> minor changes here and there. Lust for a Vampire easily could have been uh, a progressive and even groundbreaking <laughs> porno movie. The title is already A-OK. Don't you agree? Well, so... Uh, well, so are the settings, locations, and female casting choices. The film is largely set in a private school for girls in their late teenage years, and the only conditions of entrance here seem to be luscious behaviour and having at least a D cup. All the male, all the male characters are typically weak-minded losers whose actions are exclusively instructed by hormones, and even the sensual music emphasises the erotic atmosphere. Um, they go on to say there are quite a lot of gory moments and, for their time, nasty makeup effects. But if you're hoping for genuine frights, you'd better look elsewhere. In case you're already satisfied with some neatly uh, morbid set pieces and a truckload of uh, authentic sleaze. Lust for a Vampire is warmly recommended. Warm. 10 out of 10. It gets 10 oh, out of 10. It's the same we, that we got in the Meet Meter. So You should contact him and say, maybe you'd like our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like he's a big dance, fan. But then he'd listen to Dancer in the Dark and he'd go, what yeah. a fucking bummer, man. Yeah. What a fucking bummer. Mm. Choose wisely. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. choose wisely. Not a, that's not our fault. <laughs> uh, great. Okay. Well, um, I think that just about wraps it up. Like, what 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 are our feelings about Hammer Hammer movies overall? Well, I, I you know I'd like to know you. You go first. Well, this actually the only uh, Hammer films I've seen, mm -hmm. and I want to I want to see more. Actually, I, I like the combination of horror movies and carry on. I yeah. think that's I think that's delightful. <laughs> I agree. Great. Well, there's so many. There's there are so we'll keep coming back because there's so many great ones. There's if we did a Christopher Lee uh, cycle, he did a great Rasputin. Uh, you know, we do his his Dracula movies are great, particularly mm -hmm. the early ones. Kush, Peter Cushing, um, Ralph mm -hmm. Bates, who was in tonight's movie, he did uh, The Horror of Frankenstein, which is they wanted to bring him in on as the new sort of Peter Cushing, and he's fantastic. We didn't do get around to Frankenstein Created Woman, which is which is magnificent. Munsko says he loves that one. So there's so much, like so much great stuff that we can we what, can. What happened can, to Hammer? They. Well, they sort of went the way of, uh, you know, like other, you know. Like kind of like Carry On. Yeah, they fell There's apart. Similar time. Similar time, mm. mores changed, but also there was some stuff mm. behind the scenes. They, you know, new people came in and produced this mm. sort of stuff. They went dormant for a long time, but they actually brought out a movie, which I, I re they, they sort of had a really, so either someone bought the imprint or whatever, and they brought out, they brought out a couple of films. So... Two of the newer films they brought out were one was um, 
Let the Right One In. That's a Hammer movie, technically. Ah. And um, either that or the remake. And uh, Let Me In, I think, is the remake. And the other one I watched was with Hilary Swank called The Resident, something from years ago. But still, the idea mm. that I, I got that out when it, was in, when it was a new release, when DVD stores were dying, and I was just like, oh, it's a Hammer movie. They brought out a new movie. It was so <laughs> weird, weird stuff. So I don't know mm. what they're doing right now, but but it's, they've got one of those those histories like, like Carry On in a way. Mm. Well, a change of speed perhaps after Hunt for October next week with Yuri. You know, I got all juiced up talking to Jessa Crispin, uh, one of our yes. one of our guests. Magnificent, AJ. You're just gonna that, that, you, when you hear an interview with her, you're just gonna fall in love and go, "Where's she been my whole life?" Like Aww. she's just just the best. So, in honor of her, uh, we're gonna watch. Uh, we do late Beethoven. So, I want to do the Black Book, which he did it was a war film that he did. We'll do L with Isabelle Huppert. And then the third one is his Naughty Nun movie, which he did. Oh, that's recent, isn't it? More recently. So yeah. we're doing late Verhoeven. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, she, uh, Jessa says that L is, is good. That's the second movie. Yeah. I've never seen L. I've never seen the Naughty Nun one. I have seen the Black Book, but, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I can't wait. So Ver, Ver, Verhoeven is her favorite filmmaker. Which I can't. We should, I we should get it a guest it. guest on uh, Sideboob. Well, we'll try. We'll try. <laughs> it's difficult to get you know to to say the words. Will you come on Sideboob Cinema? Will you come on my Sideboob? <laughs> well, Cinema. You know, if she hears this bit, then she's not going to come on the show. No, <laughs> because you know she's going to say the patriarch is only funny up to some point. Okay, and after that, you're just a pig. And I'll, and I'll say sorry. I'll say don't listen to the boobometer then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's what we're doing. Uh, you know, we said what we said, AJ. <laughs> we're in it for the long haul now. <laughs> I stand by everything I said. Jesus Christ. I don't stand by everything you said. I stand by mostly what I said. <laughs> Until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh.